0: Lot Talk Radio
1: night before we get into our guest I want to um uh, send a big fat shout out to uh one of my my good friends who's celebrating her birthday on today and uh and I'm actually you know in route to her birthday party it's in St. Louis, Missouri uh over there on uh, Market Street and uh man this girl Kendra Johnson uh is is an awesome human being awesome individual she called me she said, "Rob, I want you to come to my birthday, So my birthday is on the 26th of December, and I've never had a birthday party, so I was like, you know what, I'm coming, and she called a bunch of her her celebrity friends, and it's going to be crazy, so I'm in St. Louis tonight as we speak, but, uh, you know, you can't do a show like this show without really, you know, including some some great people. Uh, also, let me do my schedule before, before we get into that. Uh, coming up uh January January uh we are in um where are we good god man oh, oh oh I'm doing my comedy workshop uh at the green room here in Atlanta Terry J Vaughn's green room here in Atlanta comedy workshop it'll be labor intensive uh labor intensive January 12th at the uh the green room it's going to be crazy uh the 13th and I'm at the uh the Black Academy of Arts and Letters in Dallas, Texas. I'm excited about that because it's a black owner operated establishment, and we have to support you know the people that are that are are like us that are doing great things so shouts out to Black Academy of arts and letters uh and then the nineteenth through the twenty second I'm in Captain Brian's seafood and Raw bar, Marco Island, Florida uh it, I'm gonna be there for forty days it seemed like uh the nineteenth through the twenty second uh we got we're doing i think six shows out there, so I'm looking forward to that and uh February 9th, dinner for Divas. this is a um an event I've been doing for the past few years it's uh, a benefit for uh women that that have that have have been or are in abusive relationships and uh it's it's really uplifting and one of the most uh rewarding things i do throughout the year so i'm looking forward to that as well and uh and we got some other stuff oh, oh Nesby i'm signed up for Nesby man i didn't even realize i was I was doing Nesby, Nesby, uh that's the National Society of Black Engineers. Uh they I worked for them probably a few years back and uh, they reached out to me again to come and they do an incredible event. If you have a kid that uh shows interest in engineering, have them hook up with in NSBE. NSBE. Uh it's it's a great place and you don't realize how many of our uh great job and great fields are engineers. You know, so so uh, this, this is this is Roddy Perry. This is Roddy Perry Live, and you can't do a show like this without talking to funny people, and not only funny, but funny and doing it. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite comedians, one of the most awesome human beings I've had the pleasure of working with. When I look at a comic, whether they're male or female, but especially female. I want to see people that's the best in the game. And not only a top notch female comic, but one of the coldest human beings to walk on the stage and make people laugh. Let me tell you something. You don't want to follow this beast. Show some love for my girl, Miss Coco Brown. What's up, Coco?
0: How you doing, Rodney?
1: <laughs> Let me tell you something.
0: Is this the reason why no one wants to follow me? Because my name precedes me. It's like I'm some kind of legendary unicorn.
1: <laughs> you are. You are more than a unicorn. You are. You are the Sasquatch. You understand oh, me? Oh dear God! Because <laughs> you, you come on the stage and you you just really this is this is you know what I like and 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 I I've had the pleasure of working with some great lady comics and. I look for a woman that rock like a dude, because right. sometimes and and and, I'm, and and I please don't take offense at that. What I mean is
2: right. is that
1: the mean. bravado is there, the the don't give a fuck is there, mm. the the we cut comfortable here, okay. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you can <laughs> let you can let it fly. You know, you when, you I, try not to, I try not, not to rule. let it flow. That, <laughs> you that, that you was make the, make the only word, front word front I could use <laughs> in that moment <laughs> that made sense.
0: You know, I try not to cuss on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, please.
1: Yeah. I, I cuss more on Sundays, but that's the point.
2: <laughs>
1: but I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is you're one of those comedians that sometimes a woman is like she's good for a woman. But you good because you good. Well, and, you, and, and, you. and and that's that's flat out amazing what what is uh the plight of the woman comic speak to me about that
0: i mean you know i you know i, I hear that comment about myself a lot that you know i i i'm a good comedian i'm not just a female comic you know i had um the great benefit of you know um working With male comedians when I came up in the game You know, I had a lot of the heavy hitters out today That kind of took me under their wing and taught me the ropes So I never was kind of like mentored by a female comic as per se And learned comedy from a female point of view You know, I was told that have a point of view Command your stage, command your audience And make sure that your message is heard And you get laughs in the process And... You know, when I think back, when I first came in the game, it was, you know, Fat Doctor, it was Donnell Rollins, it was, you know, Todd Rex, it was Joe Claire, Red Grant, Talent, Cool Bubba Ice, Freddie Ricks, Will Stevens, these kind of guys who took me under their wing and was like, you're, you're one of us now, we're going to put you in the frat, you know. <laughs> so Wow. So, so when I, you know, when I was coming up in the game, I was following cats like Mike Epps. I was following these guys, Tony Roberts, you know, people like that, you know, people like you, I mean, you and, I mean, just, you know, a massive amount of guys, I was always, like, with the guys in the sense that they taught me how to be a comedian, not just a female comic. They was like, you know, you're cute, you know, you you, you know how to dress, you got your little sexy swagger, whatever, okay, what can you do past that? Can you get on stage and show me more than just that? So, you know, I feel like I was blessed because I was raised in the game around very, very funny, talented men who didn't see me as a female as per se. I mean, they saw me as a female. Don't get me wrong. I'm a 42 double D. I'm a female all day long. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely a girl. girl. But, <laughs> but they saw something in me that I didn't even know I had, and they trained me in the game in those trenches, like, you know, to be a comedian, not just a female comic.
1: Man, I, I, I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rodney Perry. You're listening to Rodney Perry Live, and we're talking to comedian Coca Brown uh talk to me about coming up east coast DC Baltimore area
2: mm-hmm. and
1: and how that area shaped who you would become as a comic
0: well you know in those areas you know coming up on the east coast and you know and I think I can say this you know pretty well educated because I've lived now in LA you know for almost 9 years and I've been in the comedy game for 15 Um, when you come up on the East Coast, you are taught that, you know, you have to kind of be a beast. You can't just go on stage and be cute because they will boo you. They don't care how cute you are. (laughs) 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 Well, at L.A., they're a little bit more sympathetic. If you're a pretty girl and you're on stage, la, 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 they'll give you a pass. No, honey. D.C., Philadelphia, New York, Georgia, Miami, they don't give a dang if you walk on stage like Holly Berry. If you ain't funny, you will get booed like you are nobody. So coming up on the East Coast, I know when I first moved to L.A., you know, I was literally told, why are you going so hard? Why are you? Why are you? Why are you coming on stage and just so raw? You know, whatever. Wow. You know, you, you don't have to do all of that as a female. You can, you can go up there and be cute. And I'm looking at them like I don't understand, <laughs> because you know, as you can be cute all day long on the East Coast, but you bet to be damn funny. And um, they don't care. I mean, they'll try to you know try to get some booty from you after the show, but they'll boot you first. You know, you you got to come with it. <laughs> so you know, so I didn't know how to turn that off. You know, and I would find myself as time progressed being in L.A. that, I mean, I would call it getting soft, where I would be like, well, I don't have to go that hard in L.A. I can, you know, kind of be on stage and cute and la, 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 and then I would go on the road somewhere, and they'd be like, uh, bitch, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Right. I would call, you know, I would literally, like, for the first few years I lived here, I would literally go back east just to get back in the trenches to to get my edge back. Because, yeah. you know, you don't have to be that hard in L.A. You don't have to be that, you know, determined to rip on stage in L.A. Yeah. Whereas, you know, on the East Coast, there's no other way around it. You are not going on stage at a club in New York at 11 o'clock in you know, in, in, in New York going, hey, how y'all doing? Do y'all like my outfit? They're going to be like, boo, bitch, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Please, boo, yeah. You know, Please. you got to come with it. You have to command that stage. And that's, you know, how i came up in the game and so you know so now when i hear a lot of people saying oh we don't want to follow you blah 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 blah, it's like you know on the east coast anybody scared to follow me i mean right. because everybody is determined to be the beast in their lane and so you know i was raised i, I remember i remember very clearly it was a time i was at the boston comedy club in new york and talent was hosting and i had been doing comedy maybe about a year and a half maybe maybe two years And um, I went up there, and I'm sitting in the back waiting to go on because Talon had called me and told me to come up. And I'm watching, uh, Tony Roberts go on stage, Freddie Ricks go on stage, um, Mike Epps go on stage, um, Will Savance go on stage. I'm watching all these heavy hitters go on stage and destroy it. And I'm looking like, okay, Talon, when are you gonna put me up, dude? I, I can't follow these people. You know, what are you doing? You know, whatever. So I'm literally in the back, like, freaking because I'm like, okay, why is he not putting me up? Did I come up here for nothing? So I go to him and I say, you know, T, what's going on? You know, when are you gonna put me up? He goes, oh, you going up last. And I said, excuse me? And he was like, you're going up last. So at this point, I'm almost in tears. I'm like, what do you mean I'm going up last? And he literally said to me, are you going to be a comic or are you just going to be a cute female up there trying to waste time? Wow. What are you going to do? And he instilled in me at that very moment never to be fearful of anybody I follow, to be securing my material, securing who I am on stage, securing being Coca Brown when I touch that microphone, that I don't care if I was following whoever. I, I am secure in what I'm going to bring, that I'm going to still get mine and still do what I have to do. And I remember um, a few years back, I can't remember, were you on that show with me that we did in Sacramento for Christmas and, like, everybody and their mama was there? I can't remember if you were on that show with me.
1: The, but, uh, like, it was like a like a show... I think so, because it was like a bunch of us comics, yes. but it was a bunch of actors and stuff,
2: yes. and they would bring us and Terrence out. Howard yes, Tarrant
0: was there, and all of them people were there, yes. yes. And I remember I came on stage, and Terrence Howard came up to me, and he goes, you have no fear. Because I had went up after some heavy hitters, and I still did my thing, you know, ripped the, rip the crowd. It was a big theater, and he was like, you have no fear. And I said, no, nah, I guess I don't. And he said, whatever you do, don't ever lose that. And I was like, yes, sir, you know, because this was Terrence Howard. The man was, you know, just doing his thing. And, right. And so I saw him the very first year I moved to L.A., and I went to see him speak at the SAG building, Screen Actors Guild building. And he, you know, I walked up to him not thinking he would remember me, and I said, you know, Mr. Howard, how are you? I'm, I'm Coca Brown. I'm a years And he said, no fear. Wow. He goes, he goes, are you still fearless? I said, yes, sir. He goes, that's what I wanted to hear. And it's funny that he remembered me. He was like, no fear, you know. And I guess that's my mentality is that when I go on stage, I know, and I think it helps as a comic, when you know you have a very strong point of view, you know your voice, you know who you are speaking to, you know what point you're trying to get across. And that confidence comes off on stage. When I tell my jokes, I don't tell them, I sell them, honey. And I'm selling them good because they buy in. Come on now. And that's my thing, is that when I go on stage, I have a very strong point of view. I know who I am. I know my voice. And I think that just comes off as this fearlessness that, you know, I know who I am when I touch that microphone. I'm not I'm there to, to win you over. I just want you to walk away and say, damn, that bitch had a point. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, love it. and and that's my mentality, you know, and I think that's my mentality in everything that I do. Is like if I meet someone, you're gonna know who I am. You're not gonna walk away going, "Who is that? Who, who is she?" Like, no, you're gonna walk away and know exactly who Coca Brown is.
1: I, I love it, ladies and gentlemen. We're on with Coca Brown. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk the fact that you ain't no dummy at all.
2: <laughs> Coca Brown <laughs> has
1: a master's degree, and. A lot of times, I was I spoke to a group of kids the other day, and I was kind of on a panel, and, and a lot of people were was, was speaking to education as your fallback. But to me, education is not necessarily the thing you fall back on. For me, it's more of the foundation that right. you stand on. Speak Absolutely. to me about that foundation and what that means to you. I mean, I
0: think that anybody that tells you to throw all your eggs in one basket and not ever have a plan B is insane. A plan B is not a fallout. It is merely just knowing in the back of your mind that at any given moment I have the choice to walk away and do something else. I never have to keep pushing in an arena that maybe just is not giving me the fulfillment that I want and I deserve. And I think that's how I feel about education because I got my master's degree in the middle of my comedy career while I was touring.
2: Wow. And I
0: had a moment when I moved out here. I remember seeing you at the comedy union one night, and you were like, what are you getting ready to do? I was like, I'm going to go home and write a paper. And you were like, what? And I was like, I'm going to get my master's degree. And you were like, huh? <laughs> and get I was it. like, because, because I felt at that moment, you know, I had a bachelor's in mass communications and, you know, in advertising and all that. And I'm going to have to kind of feel that, you know, unless you're in it, you know, you're going to miss a lot of things that are going on because that, evo- that kind of career evolves every year. And I knew I was out of the loop with that. But I always had a passion to teach and to work with children and, you know, to do something like that. And I said, you know what, I'm going to get a master's in education. So, you know, I went and researched some of the one ways that I could do it. And I said, well, I can definitely do it online. And I researched the best program, which was actually with University of Phoenix. And I literally was on the road touring. And I would go tell jokes and then go back to my hotel room and write a 22-page term paper. Yeah. And I ended up graduating, actually, summa cum laude. You know, and I, you know, graduated with almost 4.0. You know, and it's like... Um, it was, it was, a, and all in the back of my mind was, I can use this as well as my act because a lot of people tell me that when I get on stage, I sound like a preacher or a teacher. But, you know, it's about educating you and making you laugh at the same time. I want people right. to walk away from my set knowing that they learned something. I've heard people, you know, yell when I'm on stage. She is dropping pearls. She is dropping some wisdom right now. And that makes me feel like I'm doing my job and I'm utilizing that degree I got. But I also know that. Even if, you know, I'm, I'm a woman, and I mean, you know, I'm the kind of woman that, you know, I want to have children, I want to be a mother to my children, I want to be a wife, you know, I am a wife, you know, I want to be involved in my marriage on a daily basis in some way. And if it ever gets to a point that, you know, the road and, and the comedy and the, and the entertainment business is just not conducive to what I want at that particular time in my life, I know in any, in any moment I can say, okay, let me go be a professor. Let me go teach some high school kids some English, some history. Let me go do a workshop on stand-up comedy, you know, for a semester at a community college. I have those options, and it just makes you sleep better at night knowing that there's always an option. You don't have to keep driving yourself into the ground with something that may just not be fulfilling you for a minute. And you can take that moment, and you have a plan B.
1: Well, interesting. You know, because you know, I'm I'm of that old school to say there is no plan B, but I I like the way you articulated that, and it makes sense. It's it's not not necessarily forsaking plan A. It's more so giving yourself some options, which which is 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 definitely uh, uh, admirable. Uh, This is a question I would never ask a guy. Okay, how does your sexuality play? in your role as a, a top-notch comedian?
2: <laughs>
0: Unfortunately, you know, it's, it's crazy as it seems. I say, I say this a lot. As a female comedian, you can't just be funny. You have to be attractive. You have to be sexy. You have to be appealing to the men and acceptable to the women. You have to have so many things going on when you touch that stage because, you know, I I, I know, you know, that they say that, you know, I, I've heard male comedians and other people say, you know, usually the female comics aren't that attractive, and the ones that are really pretty aren't that funny, and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like they put so many stigmas on us as female comics. Right. And we have so many, um, you know, things that we have to live up to, you know, before you even judge us, just on being funny and talented. Um, my sexuality—it's it, funny, because of course when I go on stage, I want the men to go, "Ooh, she could get it," and I want the girls saying, "Ooh, I want to be that bitch. That bitch got her shit together." Right. I, you know, so you have to be able to balance both of those. And It's difficult because I mean, women—we catty. We gonna hate on a bitch across the room we don't even know, <laughs> all because she got off the shoes we wanted. You know, that's how right, that right. we are. And men. You know, you you could be – they could be feeling you one minute, and you say one thing that turns them off, and they like, well, F her then. She ain't nobody. Forget her, you know, oh, whatever, whatever. You know, it, it, it's such a fine line, and you have to be able to play both – both sides, and, 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 and somewhere in the middle you are managing to please both ends. It's like we have so much to accomplish, and we just can't be funny. A man can go on stage in a dingy T-shirt, some jeans, and some flip-flops, and if he's funny, it'll be a chick in the audience going, oh, my God, I'm in love with him. He is so fine. And it'll right. be dudes going, yeah, that's my I like the way he
2: dressed. <laughs> yeah. Right.
0: Right, but the women we have to we we are getting judged before we say one word out of our mouth. Are our titties perky enough? Is our ass fat enough? How we look? How's our makeup? How's our shoes? Ooh, is she big? Or oh, is she too skinny? Or oh, you know, I mean, it's like so much stuff before we say one word out of our mouth. We have been judged from the time we walk from the backstage to that mic stand.
1: I respect my my uh, my female counterparts because I just realized, like. When I get up, get ready to go to gig, I slap my suit on and I'm gone. But right. You got to do always hair. Wearing, yes, you got to do have. makeup. <laughs> you got to have your outfit right. It's got to be comfortable, but it's got to yeah. be fly. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, I, I, I've never heard you complain. I've never heard you go, they don't have enough women on this show. How come I. I, I I've never heard you complain. Why is that?
0: Because I just have a firm belief that what is for me is for me. I've just never been one of those people that sits around going, why so and so get that and why they on this and blah blah blah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I see a female comic working incessantly, and and I'm like, okay, what is this heifer for doing? And I'm not. <laughs> That's my mentality. <laughs> right. It's not, you know, f her and what she does. No, I'm sitting up here thinking about what can I do that I'm in demand constantly, that my phone is ringing off the hook constantly. That I'm on every single show that pops up. What can I do to better promote myself and brand yeah. myself to make myself pop?
1: Love it. Hey, this is Rodney Perry. You're listening to Rodney Perry Live and on the phone with me right now, Coca Brown. Coca Brown. It's, it's Christmas time, and be, before I get <laughs> before I, before I get to Christmas, I gotta I gotta I gotta bring this lady in. This, this is this is one of my favorite human beings on the planet, uh, Mama. You on with Coca Brown? Hey,
2: Coca. How are you, baby?
0: Hi, is this Mama Pally?
2: Yeah. Oh, no, my God. I, How you doing? I just, so nice to I just you. woke up. I just woke <laughs> up from a nap, and I heard the show, and I said, that's Ch- Chandrella Avery on the day. No. And then, because it was <laughs> bad talking like her. And then yeah. I said, no, that's this brown baby. And then y'all was talking so deep about education and then I said, "And she my girl, cause she be cussing and intelligent. <laughs> Oh, Lord, you 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 know you got to know what you're doing to mix that up together. Amen,
0: yeah. amen. My Everybody can not cuss me.
2: now. Some people, no. like Rodney's great grandfather, used to cuss a lot, uh-huh. but he couldn't he couldn't uh, put the right words together. Oh Lord! What? <laughs> Yeah, he would say, like, words that don't go together. I can't say them on here, but you, you're a pretty good cusser. I like your cussing style,
1: baby.
2: Well, <laughs> thank you, Mama. I, am I like your Mama cussing approved. style. I am good. <laughs> hey, Mama,
1: thank you for calling. Hold on a <laughs> so All right, silly. darling.
2: <laughs> so nice to meet
1: you. <laughs> My mama's off the chain. People, people uh, say to okay. me all the time, like, what do you get it from? And I used to think it, that it just was magic. Yeah. That lady is so off the chain.
0: Oh, you uh, good buddy! She said, "I'm a good cusser. I have get, been given the stamp of approval, honey." <laughs>
1: um, Coca, you you mentioned earlier your voice. uh yeah. How difficult was it for you to find your voice, or or was it difficult at all?
2: Um,
0: it was a process. It was a process. I I, I will say to any young comic coming out, um, the first five to Eight years of your career You are a melting pot of everyone you've admired Everyone you've heard Everyone you've seen And if you think differently, you're lying to yourself Yes, I agree And you have to take the time To understand that I mean, I see people now Who are me (laughs) And it Ain't blows my mind when I'm watching some of these young female comics, and I'm like, damn, she got my mannerisms down, you know, or, you know, wow, she's got my delivery down, or, wow, that's my
1: joke. Hilarious. Hey, let me stop you right there. This is, what I, this is what I tell comics. I was like, first of all, uh-huh. the new comic has, has more access to comedy than I had.
0: Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. so, so because
1: absolutely. of that, they're affected by us, and they don't even realize it. And then they're on stage regurgitating material that they feel like they made up, but they didn't. And I call it I call it theft by osmosis.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I tell people, people always ask me, Coco, why do you always sit in the back somewhere, or why don't you watch the shows? Because I don't need any of that in my subconscious. Mm. Because it, it's going to get there whether you choose or not. And I learned that. You know, just being a young comic in the game, it'd be somebody that, you know, I love. I mean, I will admit it. There was a time when I was truly a, a combination of Cheryl Underwood, J.B. Smooth, <laughs> um shit. I could go on. I was literally a melty pot because I didn't know who I was. I look at old episodes of me like on Comic View and stuff, and I cringe because I'm like, oh, my God, who was I trying to be? And you know, it, it wasn't that I was sitting up there trying to you know, steal anything or, or be anybody else. No, it's just because I was a young sponge and all I wanted to do was be in the comedy clubs every night, watching everybody set, not realizing it was going into my subconscious, going into my psyche. When I stopped watching everybody, when I stopped sitting in the when I started sitting in the back and not paying attention to anyone's sets, I was Forced to have to find Coca Brown's voice because I had no one else to go on. I don't watch comedy on TV. I don't watch comedy in the clubs. I'm in the cut. I'm in the back. I'm in my dressing room. I don't want the speakers up. I don't want to hear nothing.
1: Really? Interesting. No.
0: I, that's how I am. Because at this point, all you're hearing when I touch that microphone is the voice of Coca Brown. It doesn't belong to anyone else. And any young comic—that's I, I, why I say when these comics be in the clubs every single night, watching all these comics, you ain't doing nothing but sponging up somebody else's shit. I'm sorry. And until you can step away, you can walk in a club and not see anybody going up before you, and walk on stage fresh, clean, and clear. Your your voice is going to be muddled until you can do that.
1: Interesting, interesting. I always say this, comics don't get influence. Like, if you're a if you're a singer, you know, you get to go, you know, Aretha Franklin is my influence, and I probably sound like her a little bit, but that's okay. Or if you're an actor, you get to be like, you know, Denzel is my guy. I've always loved his work, so I kind of mimic his style a little bit. So comics don't get that. Like, if you have a comic that's your influence, you run the risk of having that person hate your guts for stealing their essence.
0: <laughs> amen, amen. And I, mean, and I tell people that, you know, Coke, I want you to be my mentor. Coke, I love you so much. I want you to be my mentor. My thing is this. Let me do what Fat Doctor did for me. Fat Doctor didn't have me watching him. Fat Doctor taught me the rules. He taught me the game. He taught me how how to write a joke. He taught me about setups and punchlines and how simplification times exaggeration equals comedy. He taught me about segues. He taught me about baiting switches. He taught me how to be a comedian and write as a comedian. He didn't tell me go sit and watch everybody's act. He taught me the rules. He taught me the, the the lessons. He taught me how to be a comedian, and that's the difference. A lot of these comics don't have real mentors. They've right. got big name comics taking them on the road for either ass or because they're not gonna make them work that hard.
1: Wow! Wow! Yes, I said it. Yes, you didn't I said just say it. that. Yes, well, well, you know, yes, you I know, did. Coca. I'm I, I, I'm on the road now, you know. I get a chance to travel with this dude, and this dude make me work every night. My 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 little brother, one of the funniest dudes I know, he's on the line. Ryan, what you got for Coca Brown?
2: Uh, I just want to first say, you know, thank you for your influence in in, in comedy alone, but let alone. Is that my baby that with the, the <laughs> <laughs> Yes Is that my baby? <laughs> That's my baby. That's my baby, say baby. I just wanted to thank you. I want to thank you for, you know, the the, uh, stance you've taken uh, as far as being a female comic. You don't, I don't really consider you that. I consider you to be one of the best comics, you know, in the game. Thank you, baby. uh, Thank you. I mean, thank you. Thank you for your influence on that. You always stand strong. You are fearless. That is scary to see. (laughs) You are fearless on the stage. And might I add, you're wonderful, Cussler. (laughs) <laughs> my family loves cussing
0: That's so funny I gotta come to y'all house for a holiday Oh my going god, you. you do
2: not want to do that
0: I have a point to make when I cuss, honey I ain't just cussing to your <laughs> cousin
2: <laughs> I just want to say congratulations on all your blessings and everything coming you. your you Only the beginning So congratulations you, on this and those to come
0: Thank you, baby Thank you so much
2: no you
0: no
2: doing your thing. Keep I'm keep trying still. to make it look
0: keep
2: like something. Like keep... keep... <laughs> you know what I mean? We're <laughs> oh,
1: right. still no, Don't, don't get that, that big man riled up now. That's my let's baby.
0: Let's <laughs> talk.
1: Let's talk about your husband. I mean, I, I, I was <laughs> so funny. I was so happy when I found out you were getting married. And and I gotta be honest. A lot of times, my my female friends get married. They lose a step comedically. But mm-hmm. you seem to really find your your soulmate in terms of not only the guy that I'm sure you share everything with including saliva and in the bed and all that stuff, but <laughs> the guy that augments you as a comedian. You know, when I when I when I'm around y'all and because I always worried about my female counterparts, are they okay? You know, does does somebody have their back? I don't worry right. about that with Coca Brown because I see this dude got your back.
0: Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And I mean, you know, the it, it, marriage is a, is a is a very big adjustment. You know, I got married at 38, so I got married late in life. You know, I've been single a long time been doing things my way, and um, it's it, it's definitely an adjustment. Um, we're still adjusting, but we're you know adjusting together. Um, you know, he definitely has my back, you know, in a sense that no one will mess with me. And, he, you know, he's put the fear of God in so many promoters um, right. <laughs> that they better not even act like they ain't got my money. Um, but um, it's Just a good for my thing. Audience, get, get what's
1: his specs? He's six, what? 6'4,
0: six, 390.
1: Good
0: God. My baby was a nose guard for the NFL. He don't play. <laughs> right. Wow. But, you know, it's like, but he's a big old teddy bear until you piss him off. Or mess with me, you know. Um, oh. Yesterday, a couple of days, I just bought a new car yesterday, actually. And the day before, I went to another dealership, and they were very, very rude to me. Mm-hmm. And my husband wasn't with me, and I came home, and I was very upset because they had a car that I really wanted, but they were so rude out of principle, I just had to walk out. And uh, they shouldn't have done that because my husband went back up to the dealership, and when he came back, he was like, Oh, they gave us a certificate. They'll take $5,000 off any car you want. <laughs> wow. Get it. Get and I it, said, what though. What did you do? He said, I didn't do anything. I just let them know if I ever have to come back up here again, but I'm disrespecting my wife, I will burn this bitch down. <laughs> Hilarious. He doesn't play. But, you know, it's funny how it evolved my comedy because when we first started dating. My comedy wasn 't fitting my life at that time, you know, and it was like you know talking about being single, looking for a good man i 'm looking at the audience at the, the good man that God has sent me, and it wasn 't conducive, and therefore i wasn 't telling the jokes with believability and it wasn't going over. I went through a period where my my set was just off because i wasn 't believing what I was saying anymore because i wasn 't in that place anymore and When I stepped back and you know and said, "Let me start talking about where I am now it 's like the material just started." viewing. It just started coming because I was talking from my heart, and it was coming yeah. from where I was in my life now. You can always tell when a comic is just spewing off material or when they're really giving you a piece of their lives.
1: Yeah. The, 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 I, I was of the, the thought, because, you know, I, I heard Richard Pryor as a young man, and he would say, you know, he tell a lie, i tell a lie, and we compliment each other lies. And mm-hmm. for a long time, I thought comedy was lies. But the reality mm-hmm. is your comedy is really your truth. You absolutely know, so, absolutely so, so your your real ideas the more you connect to those real things the more one you can help people and two it's a truer look at yourself a truer snapshot of who you are
0: Absolutely. Because, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm up there talking about, ooh, I'm looking for a dude with a big dick and whoop, de, whoop, the whoop. But I'm looking at my man in the audience going, but I got that.
2: Uh, <laughs> so, hilarious. <laughs> so so
0: why, am I, why am I saying I need this? Ooh, I need a good man. I'm tired of not having no good man. I hate these niggas. And because I you, but I got a good man. I got a good nigga right <laughs> here. Like believable.
2: And he, he looking
0: was at you believable.
1: like, uh, really? Yeah, okay. he
0: gave me a look like, you really, bitch? <laughs> <laughs>
2: You know, hey, but- hey,
1: hey, this is Rodney Perry Live. You you're listening to Coca Brown. Go to her website, that's Coca C O C O A Brown for the number four life dot com. That's Coca Brown for Life dot com. Her Twitter, she's at Coca Brown twenty two and also Coca Brown for Life. Check this girl out. This is one of the coldest comics in the game. Now we've talked Coco Brown, the comic, and I know you're a comic first. You're like, I think we are similar in that respect. I'm a I'm a comic first, and being a comedian has paved the way for me to do other things. You are a bona fide actress.
0: I love you too, baby. You want to say hi to Rodney?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs>
0: my husband. What you do? Who you fool with? Right. <laughs> Um,
2: tell, tell em, em, you said I'm
0: a bona actress I
1: try <laughs> <laughs> you, you know one of my proudest moments And I'm always really happy to see my friends I'm in the theater And I didn't know I didn't know you had worked on this movie I'm in the oh. theater Because I'm a Sam Jackson fan oh, Okay, okay And I look up And Coca Brown And Sam Jackson is in a scene together And I'm like That's my girl and then, <laughs> Then they threw me out. But still.
2: Uh, <laughs> they
0: threw me out, too, because I yelled out. Cause I didn't know that they were going to use the tank they had me in the Florida Evans wig. Right. So when it came on the screen, I'm with my parents. I'm like, this is bullshit. And my father was like, what did you say? I said, nothing. Because nothing. Um, <laughs> I did two tanks where I had the long, pretty weave, and then I had the Florida Evans wig, and they used the Florida Evans wig. I was so disturbed. <laughs> uh,
1: Larry, did you say, damn, damn, damn,
0: James? Oh, dude, I was like, that's some bullshit. My daddy was like, excuse me? My father's a deacon, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, hilarious. You know, and my father was like, what did you say, young lady? Nothing. <laughs> Papa. Nothing, uh, daddy,
1: nothing. What, what? What? What is your training? Because, uh, you know, people <clears throat> see us act and they think it's magic. Tell us about your training. No, no. Don't get me wrong.
0: You have to have a natural ability to be able to take direction. I will give you that. Yeah. But I'm a firm believer, and um, I'm actually definitely going to plug the class that I'm going to be starting very, very soon. Um, As a stand-up comic, being funny is not enough. Yeah. You have to know how to act. And unfortunately, in Hollywood, black comedians have a stigma that we can't act. Really? Yes, we do. And unfortunately, and some who've come before us,
1: Failed. That. <laughs> I think that. I think the whole, I think there's a group that's before us. Like if, if we're in high school, there's there's like classes before us that have had huge opportunities and have squandered them because they couldn't.
0: act. Right. Their own stigma is, and I've heard this from directors, producers, writers. You know, and I'm talking the, the Jews, like mean, the white people.
2: Yeah. I it have is.
0: heard that. Give us a moment in the movie or the TV show to just improv. We're incredible. Give us some lines and some cues and some direction, and we fall flat on our faces. Wow. And I am definitely one of those stand-up comics and 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 actresses. And I want to prove that wrong. And apparently, maybe I'm doing it because I'm working. You know, I'm getting stuff. But I tell all these comics, you're in the club every night. Get your ass in an acting class. Get your ass in a sketch comedy class. Get your ass in a voiceover class. Get your ass in a diction class. Get your ass somewhere where you can hone your skills, because not only will it help you articulate your jokes better, when you get that million-dollar audition, honey, from John Singleton or Steven Spielberg or whatever, you ain't going in there embarrassing yourself and blowing it. You're going in there prepared and blowing their minds. And not only can you make them laugh, but you can make them sit back and go, damn, I believe that character. That's what you want, and you have to train yourself. I've been trained by Leo Rossi. I've been trained by Steven Snyder, Ivana Chubbick. I've been trained by Bill Duke, who is an amazing acting coach and teacher. Wow. An actor and producer and director and maybe we go on. When I say that man pulled layers out of me, I never knew they were. Really? I've even had the incomparable, and I've even had Stan Latham working with him recently on the new Cedric the Entertainer pilot, pull me aside and give me pointers that no one had given me, and pulled more layers out of me as an actress. Okay You know, and that's what it's about because you can be funny all day long and you can have a character all day long, but I want that Jamie Foxx stuff. I wanna be able to make you believe I was Mahalia Jackson or Pearl Bailey or Aretha Franklin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I ever yeah. get that if I ever get that chance, you know? I don't want you thinking that's Coca Brown playing them people. I want you to walk away going, Damn, that she was really that bitch. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and it's so it's so pertinent. And the thing is you just can't rely on being funny because as comics, we are pulling so much of our funny from pain. So learn how to be dramatic as well as being funny. You've got to know how to pull all those emotions and put them into a nice little bowl that when you present them to them people on the other side of that table in an audition, they are blown away that you have so many layers.
1: Well, well, you you are definitely being funny on Tyler Perry's, for better or worse, on nah. TBS. Uh I, I've been watching the show. I love you on the show. And uh, I had opportunity to talk with um, uh Mark Swinton yesterday.
2: Yeah and okay, I, Mark. I
1: was I was up the studio. I actually worked with Mark years ago on okay. a pilot for this show, years ago, and it was crazy that you kinda crossed paths with him and the first thing I said, I'm like, Man, y'all are killing the game with Coco and, Oh, thank you. And so I, I really I love everything you're doing on the show. You are going so hard. And thank you how first of all, how did you get the job?
0: You know, God. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, because that breakdown for that role had come out so many times, and the agents I was with at the time, for some reason, could not get my behind in that room to audition. And God just put it that one night I was at the comedy union. What's up, Inns? And, wow, and, way to go. You know, got to give a plug, because that brother has helped me so much. And, he, um, There were some agents from William Morrison audience, and I didn't know. You know, I'm up there doing my thing. And after the show, you know, ins comes and grabs me and says, somebody wants to meet you. And it was a, you know, white woman, white man, and they were like, you know, we loved you, we thought you were hilarious. Um, who represents you? And I said, well, I'm with so-and-so right now, but, you know, I'm really thinking about leaving because I think I've outgrown them. And they said, uh, yeah, because we should know who the hell you are. And they literally hit me up that night on my, my email. They had written, found my email or whatever, and hit me up. And I had a meeting with them like, like two days later and signed with them like a couple of weeks later. And the next thing I know, I, I see this breakdown come through for the Tyler Perry show, for, for better or worse. And at the time, the part was for the Jill Scott character. And I was like, you know, from the movies, why did I get married? And I'm like, I can do this. I can I can, I can be, I can do this. Right. So I called him. I said, yo, I said, I really want to get in this room. I've seen this breakdown come through so many times and wasn't able to get in. I said, could you make it happen? Can you get me in the room? Not only did he get me in the room, he got me to Tyler Perry Studios in Atlanta. Wow. To audition for, you know, the people, the people that make it happen. I love and, it. And um, the audition, and it just so happened I was in town doing the Uptown in Atlanta and went and auditioned, had an incredible audition. Um, they loved me. As time progressed, the role changed. Did and you I was read like, well, I for to-
1: um, uh, Alpha?
0: Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Alpha was- Tyler
1: is the most awesome human being I've ever read for. Dude,
0: dude, is she like the best casting director you've ever met? The way she lets you audition was amazing to me. That yeah, it it me was so in. not
1: Hollywood, you know what he, I mean? Oh,
0: my God, to get into character, to take that time to get into character, to give you, this is what I'm looking for. You don't have to walk in and wonder. She told you, as soon as I, I mean, before I even walked in, this is what we want, this is what we're looking for. And then gave me time to make sure I found that character. Then when I got in the room, give me what you envision her to be, and then I'll give you some notes. I said, okay, cool. So when I did the lines, she stepped back and she said, damn, I don't have anything to tell you. Boom! She she said, "That's exactly what I wanted." Wow! She said, "This is do it again for safe measures." (laughs) And I was like, "Cool." And it was so funny, you know, it was a long process because months went by and, you know, my agent was calling and Ozzy Aru, president of the studio, who's an awesome individual, Mm. gave me his personal number. So I was able to call him and just touch base with him and see how things were going, you know. And it was all like, Coco, we love you, we love you. He's telling me that him and Mr. Perry are watching my stuff on YouTube, cracking up in the audience, I mean, cracking up in the office, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's amazing, you know. And then, like, literally – around the end of april i get a call from kim williams casting kim williams herself right who i've never been in the room for and she's calling me was like blew me away because i mean she's one of the most reputable most well-known black casting directors in hollywood and Very um true. and she calls me personally and she says so you ready to go to work and i said excuse me she said so you ready to go to work and i said yes ma'am and she said well i think you'll be in atlanta next month baby girl with tyler perry for better or worse and i was like O M G, you know. So I got the part. I got down there, realized the character had changed. They, not, I was no longer Jill Scott's character. I was a character named Jennifer, who is actually a childhood best friend of Angela's character, who works in the salon. And the first day we were there, we met Mr. Perry and everything, and he kind of, you know, talked to us. And he, you know, I asked him. I said, "Well, this character has changed." I said, "So I'm really not sure, you know, what you what you want me to be." And I just want to make sure I'm clear. He said, "Coca." I've seen your work. Make her yours. Wow. wow. And when he said that to me, I was like, wow. And, and that's pretty much what I've done. And, I mean, I'm still growing. I'm still learning. But apparently what I'm doing is, Jennifer, is is 80% love. There's people that don't like her. <laughs> but, I mean, that's life, you know. I mean, you read those blogs and you're like, okay, you don't like me this week, but you loved me last week. Okay, bipolar.
1: But man, hey, don't, <laughs> man. I, I give you the best advice I got. Don't read it. Cause that stuff, you be sitting in your bed going, "What? they don't like me?
0: <laughs> Dude, oh, my God. This past week, you know, I was this big old instigating heifer just causing all kinds of drama, getting people caught up, trying to ruin up people's relationships, which is what? Everybody knows a chick like that. Let's just keep it real. Keep it real. And, and oh, honey, they wanted to lynch me. <laughs> they was like, get that fat bitch a man. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, and my husband's like, baby, it's it's, it's a character." I'm, I'm
2: like, I know, you know like, why they got to call me a fat bitch?
0: <laughs> <laughs> You know, and it, it's funny because at the same token, it just lets me, I take, I take what I saw and I say, okay, how can I make her, you know, I don't mind being a chick you love to hate, you know, and I can play that as well, but I, I also want you to love me, I want you to love me. So it's right. just giving me some more angles to take it when we go back.
1: You know, but i, I think i think your numbers. character has those levels and i think we'll get to see more and more. I'm sure there there are obviously episodes that we haven't seen yet, but i mean i'm i'm a fan. i think you're doing some great work. I think thank you're you. the absolute funniest thing on the show. And thank you, thank um thank w- One thing when but i talked to Mark, mean, you know,
0: Mr. Perry told me. He said you're the comic relief of the show.
1: Absolutely. You're it. Mm-hmm. You're it. But what what i what i when i, I talked to Mark, i told like i was like, you know, i love the show but I would love if y'all had laugh tracks. Right, or, or, that's
0: been the biggest thing, yeah.
1: And because you're doing some funny shit, and it needs to be laugh. You know what it's like when you go do a a, a gig and you go to the radio and the radio guy don't give you nothing. hmm You know he ain't, ain't giving you no laughs or nothing. He he checking his Twitter yeah. page while you talking, and it makes a difference when you have that laugh to fill that space, and it, yeah. it affects. I think it affects your timing as well. So. You know, I, I think the show is going to get better. And the beautiful thing about being in Tyler Perry world is you get some episodes to figure it out.
0: Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Oh, yes, you do. And it's funny because people think that when we were in the studio shooting, there was no laughter. So they were like, how did you know your timing? How did you know your beats? Well, the, the fortunate thing was, you know, Mr. Perry allows the, 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 the crew and everyone in the room when you're filming to laugh. Right. So I was getting huge laughs when I was
2: filming.
0: (laughs) Oh, I was getting some huge laughs when we were filming. So my timing was on point. I guess it just doesn't resonate. To some people, because a lot of people they get it and they're feeling it, but there's right. some people who just don't get it without the laugh track. You know, you do sometimes have to tell people. We're, we're, to we're sheep.
1: we're trained, we're trained. We've been watching sitcoms our whole life. Exactly. You just, you just trained exactly.
0: to hear that. Exactly, exactly. And I think because he's taking this in the area in the arena of a dramedy, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's it's like you know, as with you know, most like soap operas or things like Dynasty or Dallas, there were funny parts, just no laugh track. And I think that's what he's doing, in a sense, that he's trying to bring back that, you know, um, angle to the to the to the show, to the sitcom, in the sense that it's like I'm not going to tell you when to laugh. It is up to you to know what is funny and when to cry and when to be like mad and when to be sad. And you know, he's giving the audience the the he's letting them make their own choices.
1: I love it. I love I love Coca-Bron and I love Jennifer. Uh, this is Rodney Perry. You're listening to Rodney Perry Live. Coca, what's next?
2: Well,
0: what's next is, you know, just getting my name out there, man. Because <laughs> it's so funny how, you know, I've been doing this for so long, and there's still so many people that don't know who I am. Yeah. And, you know, just trying to get that recognition and that name and that brand out there that people know who Coca Brown is. Um, I just actually um, uh, last week finished um, the pilot for Cedric the Entertainer's new show for TV Land. Um, that's a great show. I think it's going to get picked up. I've got Niecy Nash and Wesley Jonathan, John Beasley, um, an incredible cast. Stan Latham directs, who's an incredible director. Yeah. And, um, you know, I had a, an incredible time, a ball on that set. And, you know, everybody was just so giving and so, you know, helpful and warm. And it was like a family, just like, you know, for better or worse. It was like I've I've been fortunate enough to work on two African-American projects that it was like a family on set. There was no hate. There was no, you know, bull crap. It was all love. Everybody's there to give to each other to make sure everybody gives the best performance and make the show successful. And, um, you know, I just finished that. And that was great, and, you know, God willing, that will get picked up by TV Land, and that will be on soon. And I have a reoccurring on there, um, Sister Carol. I play a flirtatious church lady who has a thing for the pastor. So to all you church people out there, please forgive me. That's not who I am. Me. <laughs> I'm a happily married woman, but um know that that is, you know, what I do on there. And I, at this point, you know, just trying to – Brand myself, you know, um, I have spoken about it earlier, I'm looking into doing a class um, called From Stage to Screen, and it's helping stand-up comics learn how to transition from being a stand-up comic to being truly an actor and knowing how to play both of them.
1: Right. Because it, wow. is, because it
0: is a transition. And you have to, you have, it's two different, it's, it's, it's a duality. It's two different sides. You can't just take being funny and ha ha he he into an audition if that's not the role. If it's the role, that's great, but you still have to know how to learn lines and know your beats, know your timing, know how to stand. And, you know, I want to reach out to people like yourself and Kevin Hart and the people who have done the transition, D Ray, people who've done the transition to, to, to help these young comics know that, you know, if you want to be a stand up comic on the road your whole life, that's wonderful. But most comics, they want to get in TV and film. Well, you've got to know how to make that transition and what to do when you get there.
1: I completely agree. And like you say, your television and your film is going to bring you bigger audience to do your jokes for two. So mm-hmm. it's, it's all exactly. it's all connected. It's all connected. Not only uh, a talented actress, producer, all of that great stuff. You've got commercials under your belt. But I'm anxious mm-hmm. to hear about this one-woman show. Confessions of a Suicidal Diva
0: (laughs) I have been working on this thing for so long And the reason why it hasn't come to You know reality yet is because You know my life is constantly Evolving when I first started writing That I was a bitter single woman (laughs) There was no such thing As a good man out there I was going to be a Single old lady I was just evil So now with me Adding in where I am now It's like you know like two different sides It's like you know Sybil and trying to, you know, mesh those together. And that's where I came up with my blog that I do on um, my video blog, From Bitter to Bride, because it has now been a transition from being a bitter black woman to being a a happily married black woman who is trying to, you know, have a successful marriage in this crazy-ass world. And, you know, so that is something that I'm hoping to come out really, really soon because now it's going to be, you know, two sides where it's going to start one way and end another and um i'm also working um there's been kind of under wraps cuz i'm still doing a lot of research but i'm also working on a one woman, woman show called pearl which is the life of pearl bailey wow and she is from my hometown of newport news virginia and i've had the you know wonderful opportunity to meet a lot of her relatives and get a lot of you know information about her and knowing her work and i've always admired pearl bailey Um, I'm a strong supporter of the Pearl Bailey Performing Arts Center in Newport News. And, you know, I'm wanting to do a a, a one-woman show based on her life because no one they know of Pearl Bailey, but they really don't know how much that woman contributed and what she did for the Civil Rights Movement, what she did for black actresses in Hollywood. They just don't know, and I'm I'm wanting to put that out there.
1: I, I love it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rodney Perry. You're listening to Rodney Perry Live, and my girl, comedian, actress, philanthropist, Mentor, Miss Coca Brown. (laughs) Who cares?
0: You say so. (laughs) All of that.
1: All of that and everything in between. Coca, uh, I I think we're drawing to the end today, man. And uh, obviously people can find you on your your website. That's Coca, C-O-C-O-A, Brown for Life, Uh, the number four, Coca Brown for Life with the number four. And Mm -hmm. I always hear people call you Coco I, I, and I and I know I've noticed that you say Coca. Yeah. What Definitely is it? It's, it's, it's Coca.
0: It's Coca. It's, it's, it's been, Coca. It's, it's, it's always been Coca. Um, you know, when I first started in the game, I spelled it C O C A, and I thought people would get it, but for some reason, they were still calling me Coco. So um, I know that you know me being a little too educated, I guess I realized that C O C O A is actually pronounced coca not Coco. so i changed the spelling of my name thinking people will get it well that just made it even worse <laughs> <laughs> right. and it's funny because at least once a week i have this conversation with people is it coca or is it cocoa it's coca it's coca brown
1: coca brown
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, I i love it it's an incredible name it's it's it works it fits and you know th- there's something special in everything that you do. You guys can check her out. Her Twitter is at Coca Brown. That's C O C O A Brown twenty two. At Coca Brown twenty two or at Coca Brown for life. The number four life. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank any you, any, Robbie, any And keep any doing final your word? thing,
0: baby. I'm so proud of you, Boo.
1: Well, you know, you, you doing know. your
0: thing, and then you have just. Taking your opportunities and just milk them to the wheels ran off, honey. And I'm so proud of you. And you encourage me a lot. I hope you know that.
1: Wow, wow, that, that, that's that's huge. I admire huge. you greatly. And and look, I you know I was talking to some people over there at Tyler Perry Studios. You might have a love interest. In that's dark scanning shorty, you know. Brother, thing.
0: bring it on. It's gonna be weird kissing you because you're like my brother. <laughs> I made you the drink on set. <laughs>
1: hey, it's gonna be weird. It's gonna be weird kissing you because your husband is six. 12,
0: 450. Well, he say, look. He look. He respects you, so he'll maybe let it ride. We <laughs> can't bring no Michael Ealy on there, no. <laughs> no, like no. He gonna swing. <laughs> he gonna. He gonna fight Michael Ely <laughs> You know
1: he would. Hilarious. <laughs> hey, any any final words before we get out of here?
0: Just, you know, please, everyone, please keep supporting the show, um, Tyler Perry, for better or worse. I know some of you are still trying to figure it out because of no laugh track, but know that it's a dramedy. It's really dealing with black relationships as they truly are. Give it a chance. Please keep watching. Please, please, please follow me. Support me if I'm in your city. Please come see me. I am a, an approachable person. Talk to me. Let me know you heard me on the show. Please keep supporting Rodney Perry and his endeavors and his show. And just, you know, just just live each day like it's your last and make it count, man. Life is not promised, okay? Make each day count.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you, you heard the woman. That's our show for today. You guys have been incredible. We've been talking to Coca Brown, one of the coldest comics in the game. Go to her website, com. Get her schedule. See her live. Do yourself a favor. See right. her live. Yes. Uh, she said so many great things today. Being yeah, funny and remember, is,
0: babies, remember, you are smart, you are kind, and you are important.
1: <laughs> I love
2: it. <laughs> hey,
1: Coca, hey, you said so many great things today. Being funny is not enough. And for those of you that's listening, I think Terrence Howard said it best. Have no fear. Thank you, Coca. My name is Rodney Perry. Roddy. You guys have been incredible. We are out.